Hello, 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 everyone, everyone, everyone. It is another day, another time, and another week for the Godly View Show, brothers. We are here, we are here, we are here. Well, I am here. I am here this morning with my on the night with my brothers. Right. We are excited to be here. I'll let my brothers introduce themselves, and then uh, we'll go on from there. So, whichever one of my brothers want to kick it off, we'll kick it off with that. Hey, good evening, everyone. Um, A.B. Bracewell Hill here. Glad to be uh, with the brothers again, having another great discussion. Um, you know, can't wait till we get this thing started. My brothers, what's going on? And I am Gregory Devon out of Durham, North Carolina. Looking forward to jumping into this conversation as always. Good to see y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, my name is Reverend James J. Sklepper III. And we are excited about being here all tonight and having this conversation. But first thing first, y'all already know we got to get into some of these topics that's been circulating around on social media before we jump into our main topic on tonight. And first topic that we got to jump into is something that everybody been seeing on social media. If you have Facebook, YouTube, even if you don't have any of those, if you have a television, you have heard about this situation with this young lady who was supposedly kidnapped. And then was she kidnapped? Was she not kidnapped? We don't know. But I know one thing, social media been letting her have it these last couple of weeks, last couple of days. So we got to hit on that. I'm going to let one of my brothers kick it off on that topic. You know, what's the crazy situation? Um, you know, from the very beginning, something which is very off for me. You know, um, as I prayed that she was okay when I heard about it, I, I even shared the um, the uh, advertised photo, but I was like, something is a little off for me. And then when um, her parents did an interview prior to her being filed on the news station, and when I watched that, I was like, something is odd here because her parents, for, for me, just weren't acting right. And some of the statements that her mother made for me were a little bit off. Like she made a statement and said, well, we know that I, that she's not perfect. And I was like, that's a very odd statement to make if she's missing. So my thing was, I think there's something going on in this home and she's run away from what, for whatever reason. You know, I still pray that she was okay. You know, when, when she was found, I was glad she was uh, she was okay when she came back. But the fact that she walked back to her house was off for me again. Um, and the fact that when they said that the cameras caught her walking back, I was like, okay, so something is missing from this story. And I think that many of us um, did not want to say anything um negative because we thought was well she's okay and a lot of times these stories don't get picked up but my thing is you can be curious and still be grateful at the same time but you can still have questions because at the end of the day when people get missing and come back and it's that short of a time and they're they're not hurt and not injured and they walk back something is always missing from the story um, you know, I'm glad she's okay. My thing is now, let's figure out, you know, is her mental health okay? Um, in this house, what's going on? You know, um, is she depressed? Like, what's really going on in her brain where she thought it was okay to fake an abduction? You know, because she was looking up uh, the movie Taken. You know, she was looking up Amber Alerts. You know, all this stuff. So it's like, wow, what what's really going on? Well, you would raise suspicion like this all of a sudden and don't see anything wrong with that. You know, my thing is, it's, it's not a, um, I don't condemn her by no means. But at the end of the day, it's a crime when you fake an abduction, put the world on alert like that. And then just show that it's a, it's a crime. Now we can see and argue about well, these stories don't get picked up. Maybe she was trying to raise awareness, even if she was. 
you don't do this. You don't waste resources like this. Yeah, the FBI was involved. The SBI is involved. This is getting national attention. So what happens now in the future when a real situation happens? She has set us back. We don't want to say that, but she didn't set us back, son. And I yield the mic. Yeah, the, the funny thing about this story is that when I first heard it mentioned, I didn't give it too much energy or too much attention. Um, and maybe that's the reason, because uh, when I first heard about it, that a part of it did seem odd. It did sound, sound like something out of a movie, Tyler walking out, I guess, on the freeway in the middle of the night. It just seemed, it seemed odd, but I was, I was like, oh, okay. Usually if it's something that really grabs my interest or something that really sounds real and dangerous. I'll look into it immediately. I'll start uh, doing some research, but this one, I, you know, I took it with a grain of salt and um, said, okay, I'll check it out later if I hear more about it. And by the time I decided to even uh, look more into it, I think she was back home. Um, I think she was back home with other stories that came out. So I'm not even sure how many days uh, this was over a span of days. I'm not sure how long it was, but I think my thought immediately went to the things that uh, we tend to do for attention uh, these days. Uh, now, if she has some type of mental health issues or there's something that was going on, um, you know, my heart definitely goes out to that and goes out to her. But um, my mind immediately went to, was this just a ploy to get some type of uh, notoriety, 15 minutes of fame, you know, some social media um, attention or media attention? And, and, and it's a shame, but I know that's what our society has kind of come to. You know, we do everything. So um, it's up on the gram. You do everything so that someone can like, every so someone can start to talk, talk about us, talk about us. Everything is um, just to, to, is a lot of attention seeking behaviors and a lot of the attention seeking behaviors are negative. Um, we, we, we look for those things in negative ways. Um, if it's, you know, showing being half naked on the, on the internet to get that attention is done. If it's um, through violence, um, beating people up and taping it is done. Now, now I'm seeing if it's, through faking a kidnapping and making up a whole story is <laughs> done. So that's that's what my um, thought went to, and that's what my heart went to when I heard the story. I was like, is this done just so people can talk about you? Because for real, it's really going to be for 15 minutes because tomorrow somebody else is going to do something crazy, and then we'll be talking about, about them. And then, uh, you know, you're going to go down in infamy for being the person that created this whole story. And, and all for what? All for what? Just to get somebody talking to you. Now, something has to, it has to be some type. For you to go that length, I would say you have to be dealing with some type of mental instability. Something got to be going on. I don't know what it is, but um, I think any normal, normal functioning person that even wants attention, hmm, would they go this far? But then again, is this so normalized in our society that we would go this far just to get to get attention? You know, we just keep pushing the envelope and do more and more and more. Um, so, is, is has it become normal? Um, is it? Do you can a, a regular functioning person do something cr crazy like this just to get some eyes on them? and really have no mental health diagnosis or issues at all. It's just the way of the world right now. So, I mean, as far as the story, the story itself, before I could even uh, get a chance to research of what was going on, the story had ended. Um, I know people are still talking about it right now. Um, I guess things are still getting uncovered, but I, I guess the, the, the uh, last verdict is that she made this whole story up. Um, there was a lot of inconsistencies with the phone calls and there was no babies and a video tape and all this stuff. And it, it's just sad at the end of the day. And I, I agree with you, uh, Gregory, you know, there's going to be times where someone will really get kidnapped and um, 
we we're, we're going to question it. <laughs> we're going it's not going to get the attention that it really needs. Um, they're going to be slow on sending out the authorities to find this person. And um, that could probably leave, lead to death, but it's all because, you know, because of what's done now, um, people is like the, the boy that cried. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy situation. I definitely agree, brothers. Uh, it's definitely a sad situation. I mean, when I looked at it on social media, first thing I noticed was that um, the young lady, first thing she said was she saw a little boy and she got out of her car to help that little boy. Then she got abducted at that point. But then when the police went out there and started questioning people, they couldn't never find a little boy. Right. I think at that moment was when I was like, okay, so what's the real story here? Because if there's no little boy, what else are you lying about? But I agree with you all. It's not to um, condemn her, but she's got to be held accountable. Right. Because as we've already stated, it's going to come a point to where now something seriously could be going on and the police are going to look at it and be like, well, this person lied about it. What makes us think as he ain't? So. Yeah. And the, the disturbing thing for me, too, is um, some of our responses to this, like even on social media and even in our circles, it, it just goes to show sometimes that we as individuals are afraid to think for ourselves. And we are so accustomed to the media driving our thought process that whatever the media says, whatever the story is, we believe it without doing any, you know, real thinking about it. Like nothing about this story ever made sense from the very beginning, never made sense ever. You know, from saying, I saw a little boy, on the side of the road. Well, you can't hear the little boy. The person that she said she was talking to on the phone, her, her brother's girlfriend, said she never heard a little boy, ever. So from and the it, very beginning, the story did not make any sense. And that part, real quick, that part really got to me because I heard the recording of when she, I guess she was talking to the operator and she's sitting on the phone saying, I'm watching a little boy walk in the street. I'm like, why are you calling 911? Go get the little boy. What are you doing? <laughs> you going to let him get hit by a car? <laughs> so that part really threw me off. I, I think what threw me off was how calm she sounded as she was on the phone with the operator. Exactly. Now, you watching a little boy walking across the street. Why are you so calm in that moment? Why is you jumping out of your car and trying to save that little boy? Instead of like you said, AB, instead of being on the phone with the operator, why aren't you doing something about it? Or even if you are on the phone with the operator, why aren't you sounding more distraught about this situation instead of being calm? Right. And then this lady is in nursing school. With all due respect, we don't need anybody in the medical profession that has to deal with people with medications and procedures that is a pathological liar and does not have integrity. And that and that's no disrespect. That's just real. You know, because I'm like, if you can conjure up this, you might be in that switching people's charts. Because I mean again, we need honest people in that profession, especially. And if you you have conjured up a story. And thought that it was okay. Now, now, in all seriousness, if, if she has some mental health challenges, then let's get her some help, right? But still, you still have to be accountable to what you have done. And like I was saying earlier, us in society, we got to start thinking and realizing that it is okay to have a question about something and still be praying that everything is okay. I mean, I was reading people's social media that is like, really? <laughs> that what you think? 
you know, like, oh, how, how dare you all question this? And that don't make sense. You didn't change the tool now. My thing is, though, you better start thinking from the very beginning. So that this impacts how we think in our own personal lives, period. Some of us let anything fly. And whatever is said, whatever is done, we don't question it because we don't know how to think critically and, and, and put the pieces together and ask ourselves, hmm, does this really mean what it looks like? Or is this what they said? Is it really that? Like we got to start thinking for ourselves and not let a folk just push a narrative on us, no matter what a story is. At the end of the day, not being able to think critically and think properly will drive you down a lane that you just don't want to go sometimes. Yeah. I think we, we've gotten to a point in society where everybody is allowed to live by their truth. Like n nobody is going by the truth, mm -hmm. the one and only truth. Like it's my truth. Yes, so sir. if someone says something, hey, you can't criticize it. You can't question it because that's their truth. Right. No, nah, there's different from your truth and the actual truth. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> like everything you do, we're just so you're just free to do anything you want, free to say whatever you want. Um, you're free to, I mean, yes, you're free to think how you want to think, but even if it's if it goes against the real truth, like you cannot say anything about it, mm -hmm. or you'll get backlashed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, we we had a similar conversation last show. Um, not to bring it back up, but with the you know with the Kiki Palmer stuff, you know, like listen, she's in her, she's living in her truth, and no one can criticize what that person's truth is, no matter how much um it might be. Not to say that stuff was immoral, but no matter how much something might be immoral, or you know, against God, against the word, against anything, if that's their truth. We got to accept it, mm -hmm. and and that's and I think that's part of what you saw with the with the backlash when pe people was questioning this story. Like, now you 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 can't question this story. That's her truth. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be the biggest lie ever told. You know, <laughs> that's where we at right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. That brings us to our next topic. There's another thing that's been circulating on social media where I think this was an old situation, but it's being brought back up and has regained traction again where a certain young lady was out celebrating her birthday. Mm -hmm. And her friends had all agreed to split the bill. But there was a couple of friends that didn't agree with splitting that bill. They believed that everybody ought to pay for what's theirs and then call it a day. And that video has circulated and regained traction. I mean, you've seen a lot of comments where people was talking about if you broke, just say that. If you didn't have the money, why did you go out anyway? So... How do y'all feel about that, brothers? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't know. Where did that rule come from? This whole this standard of, you know, you either split the bill or you pay, you know, what you what you bought. I, I just don't know where, <laughs> like, where it comes from. I'll tell you a real life story from um, when I was a little younger. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it was a, a dinner we had. A friend of mine had a dinner and everyone bought their their dates and you know i listen i came from the cloth what you order is what you pay for that's what that's where I, that's where i came from i didn't come from hey we gonna split this bill so many ways because i always usually i hang out with my my boys i hang out with my friends what you bought here's the money for what i bought here's the money for what i bought and that's how we handled it but um i i'm guessing I'm guessing at that time I found out there was a, another way to do it. So, you know, when the bill came, it was probably like five couples or whatever. And I'm looking for, I'm looking for our order. Like, hey, hey, this is what we ordered. There's the money for it. And then, you know, um, later on, I think my friend was, was saying that, oh, they, they was calling you cheap. 
I'm like, how, how am I paid? I paid for what I ordered. And that's when I learned that uh, I guess it's etiquette or proper that you just split the bill, um, whatever, four ways, five ways about how many people there. But, you know, I, but I, I kind of still stand by, like, if I just ordered a order of fries and you ordered a steak, why should I pay for your steak? But you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not evolved yet. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know uh, what it really is. We must be from the same place, AB. <laughs> because <laughs> we know on that video, that bill was over four thousand dollars. You know, so you're talking about splitting it ten ways. I'm not paying four hundred some dollars, and all I got was some chicken wings. You know, in <laughs> situations like that, I have found even in real life um, that at these kind of things, your cheeseburger friends always want to show up and order filet mignon <laughs> and talk about let's split this. No, no ma'am, no ham. You pay what you got, I'm gonna pay what I have, and we're gonna call it a day. You know, I, I've had situations where I mean, what I care about being called cheap, <laughs> I could care less. You know, because I know who I am. And my thing is, you won't take advantage of me because you want to eat on my dime. You know, it, it's it's not about the money. It's the principle, right? And my thing is, number one, don't let me get here and then tell me this. Because I'm that person that'll say, oh, I'm going to sit this here behind y'all. Because we're not doing I, I've just seen too many times where, again, your cheeseburger friends want to show up mm -hmm. and order filet mignon, and they can't afford that, and they want somebody else to grab that tab. No, ma'am, no ham. We're not doing that. My thing is, you come and you order what you can pay for. You know, my thing is, why the expectation for us to split this bill? No, just bring me my bill. You know, now there are situations where the restaurant. Right, may require well if it's if it's you know twenty of y'all, we're gonna do one bill. I've seen that before, right? And that's something different because there's no avoiding one bill. Mm -hmm. However, I am very aware of what I ordered, right? And I'm gonna give you enough money to cover what I ordered, and I might even put five or six dollars more to that. Mm -hmm. However. If, if my bill is $50, right, I'm not paying $400 in this case in the video. I'm not doing that. And there is nothing you can say or do that will make me even think about paying $400 for what I did not order. And I think that we've gotten into this baller mentality. You want to ball and shot call. My, my thing is, during that, my, my thing is, Ballers ain't dropping no 400 on a state for what? Mm -hmm. People with money save their money. That's why they got money. And my thing is, everyone wants to look social media rich, you know, social media famous. I want I want everybody to see me this type of way. I'm going to come here wearing these kind of clothes and dropping this kind of money on, on the meal. Okay. God bless you. No power to you. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. And I could care less what a man or a woman said. Because if a woman would not date me because of that, okay. Then go find you a rich dummy. You know, or, or I want to be rich dummy. Because my thing is, again, in this society today, we got to be responsible with our money. Because, you know, we we on the verge of another recession. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's not conversation for whatever reason. But you better watch the news. You know, you better watch what they're saying about this cryptocurrency. You know, watch the stock market and realize, okay, we might supposedly, allegedly, <laughs> be the, the richest country in the nation, but we're still on the verge of a recession. That's just the truth. So my thing is, you better be more responsible with your money and don't let nobody fool you into thinking, well, let me let me uh, let me go ahead and go with this and drop this four hundred. But my bill is just fifty. 
And now you need that extra 300 next mm -hmm. week. How your light bill, dude. Yeah, you got to pay bills. You know, you now you, now you're in the dark, hungry. <laughs> you know, spent it on some food okay. that you ain't even eat. Yeah, your friends think you rich, so your friends think you rich, so you in the dark, but your friends think you got money. So, I mean, right. listen, man, I, in I, the dark, I'm trying to nobody. Exactly. I think my thing on the whole thing was number one, why wasn't this talked about before they got to the restaurant? Hello. Why wasn't it brought up at, hey, we're splitting this bill however many ways? Because obviously it wasn't brought up just by the way that the friends were acting when the bill got there and they noticed that they were splitting it. And Pastor Gregory, you said something real on point when you said that you have your hamburger friends that want to come in here and eat on your dime. There are people that will go come out on these outings knowing that the bill is going to be split between all of y'all evenly and buy the most expensive thing on the menu knowing darn well if they was paying for it they couldn't even spell filet mignon. They okay. can't even spell it but they're going to order it. If you can't spell it, why are you ordering it? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Fill it big now. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I want to know where they was eating at. Uh, <laughs> how, many, how many were there? And you you got to know your friends. You you know yeah. who you hang out with. Like you you know your friends don't have no uh forty six hundred dollars money to spend on uh on on food. So why y'all even pick that place? That had to be an exp a really expensive place. Why y'all even pick that place to go eat? Y'all should have went to Fridays or something. Y'all want to, to take pictures and the bill coming to 4600 4, What were y'all eating? <laughs> <laughs> what were y'all eating? Or well, it probably was... That's what I'm doing. What were y'all drinking? They probably, they probably was trying to order bottles and all types of stuff. Who knows? There's no telling. I'm glad to hear that we cut from the same cloth uh, passageway. So we have a go... <laughs> I ain't got I ain't gotta worry about paying for you. Yeah, you okay. <laughs> you get yours, I get mine. <laughs> look, and I'm like, look, if, if a friend now look, if you ain't got it, tell me prior to us getting here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, we'll put yours on mine. Yeah. That's yeah, still yeah. that don't mean that you're gonna order the, the lobster tail <laughs> and the layman yard. No, you better get the chicken paper. <laughs> And that don't mean every time put yours right. on mine. <laughs> I get out there. I start ordering the caviar with you, Greg. Come on now. <laughs> 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 caviar. <All right. laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Just another hot topic before we get into our main one, which is uh, our brother, Brother Pac Shakur. He has made news again. This time, they are talking about, supposedly, some brothers have came forward and admitted that they were the ones that killed them. And the crazy thing about it is, right after this news makes its rounds, a few days later, his mother passes away. Mm. So, my thing on that is this brother's been dead for how many years now? Why y'all gonna wait until now to come forward yeah. and try to gain clout off of killing this brother? Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. And at this point, it's like you don't know what to believe. Um, I mean, there have been so many um, stories that have come out that even when one comes out that seems to be um, logical um, and, and may, you know, have some uh, truth, so it seems, behind it, can you really believe it? You know, because who is going to confirm the story? At, at this point in time, what clues can they follow? What forensics can they do 
Like this is no longer a case that that just happened where we could actually do some forensics and things. My thing is, if this had happened today, it probably would have been a solved crime, in my opinion, because there are so many things they can do now that they couldn't do, what, 30 years ago. You know, um, you, you got forensics is a whole lot better. You know, um, it, it's not just now about looking for fingerprints. They're looking for fibers and, uh, you know, artifacts, what have you, to trace these things back. And my thing is, it's so hard now to try to solve a case that's that old, that having to rely on someone's story, which I mean, may or may not be true. It's just so hard to believe because I mean, look, you got the Carly story. People wanted to believe that. Now this story, people gonna wanna believe that. But now we're skeptical now, because again, as you were saying, uh, James, people cop chase. So you don't know, okay, are you trying to get your name out there for a specific reason? You know, are you trying to have your 15 minutes of fame? Why are you just now coming out now if this is true? You know, and you think about how in the past people have tried to come out and attach their name to a story or attach their name, um, you know, to a made up situation because they have something going on. And they're trying to get some notoriety to sell something or to promote something. I mean, it, it happens, you know, where people will, will um, the love of money. I'm, I'm trying to get money behind this. I'll attach my name to something that months later, I'm going to put this product out. I'm going to put this CD out. I'm going to put this out. That now my name is out there. So my name on this now means something. Oh, isn't that the one that supposedly? Um, killed Tupac, isn't that the one that supposedly did this? So, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. I honestly just don't know what to believe at this point. And honestly, for me, Tupac's life mattered. But at this point in time, unless the authorities come out and release something real where they have some real evidence. I don't know that I'm interested in even attempting to believe it, only because it's been so long that my thing is, if this turns out not to be true, let's not continue to dishonor this man's life and this man's legacy. You know, let, let's, let's let his family live in peace as the deceased rests in peace. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I'm, I, it, it reminds me of uh, this rock said one time about Tupac's death. He said Tupac got killed on, on the Vegas Strip in front of Circus Circus if, after a big time uh, boxing match, and they still ain't found a killer. 1996, we in two, we in 2023. And people still coming out saying, I know who killed Tupac. They ain't found a killer because they, they didn't want to find a killer. Right. And at this point, I agree with, with you. Just let the man rest in peace. Um, you know, I, I don't really have too much time to listen to the propaganda mm -hmm. and the stories that's popping up uh, about who did it and who and who who didn't do it or whatever. I mean, I think at this point. Um, you know, I hope that we find some, they, they find, find the killer, uh, so his family can have some type of, uh, peace and comfort. If that's, if that's still, you know, a, a, a barrier or, mm -hmm. or a pain for them. But, um, I think for the general public, for me, uh, you know, as a fan, you know, I just, I just prefer, you know, enjoy the music when, when I get to listen to it and let, let the man rest in peace and, um, mm -hmm. You know, and I leave it at that. Yeah. So, because there's been so many different stories since he's died of who killed Tupac yeah. and uh, who did it and who didn't do it. I don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah. And I don't know if I even care anymore to believe, to, yeah. to, to believe it. So I'll leave it at that. Well, since we just talked about Tupac and everybody knows. The Tupac's life 
mm-hmm. he had a little stigma on him by the general public that didn't understand him that he was a danger to society mm-hmm. because of what he was promoting in his music, so they thought. So let's go to our main topic, debuting, debuting the myth that black men are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy where every time we turn on the news nowadays, it seems like our African-American men mm-hmm. are in some type of danger. It's getting to the point to where you can't go to the gas station by yourself without the police harassing you or getting stopped by uh, somebody because they don't think you belong in that neighborhood. Or you meet a or you meet a description, a match a description of somebody, mm-hmm. which the description can only be that the person is black. Mm-hmm. And just because you black, you match the description. So it's hilarious. It's sad to me that in 2023, we are still having to deal with that stigma or that myth that black men are dangerous. And the question is, is it ever going to change? It's a two-headed coin, honestly, because on, on one hand, we can say, well, Police profiling is wrong. You shouldn't profile people based upon how they look. On the other hand, let's say you have a daughter and a young man comes into your house and does not look the part. Did you not just profile him? Did you not just make some uh, educated guesses as to what he's about based upon how he looks? And more than likely, you are accurate if he comes into your house not looking the part, if he comes into your house with his pants below his behind, if he comes into your house, you know, um, slouching all down and, and talking to you crazy, have you not made some some uh, uh, opinions about this young man? Now, people can say that either one of those are wrong. But here is the truth. All of us profile people. Sometimes, all of us, me, y'all, everybody, we don't want to say that, but we do. There are are situations where we don't feel safe based upon the environment that we're in, which is comprised of people who look and act a certain way. Now, is that wrong? It's debatable. The truth is, profiling is a part of police work. And oftentimes they are correct in their assumptions, no matter what color the person is, because certain looks yield a lot of times certain behavior, right? One of the reasons that that um, white long T-shirt thing was a was a, was a fad back in the uh, what early two thousands is because they were trying to blend in and all look the same to avoid being profiled. So a lot of those so-called people, gangbangers or what have you, would look a certain way trying to avoid being profiled. So they would all look the same to avoid being singled out. Well, the reality is, yeah, we do not want to be profiled as, as black men. We do not want to be viewed as violent, aggressive, this and the third. But yet and still, as a whole, all of us are not doing things that promote the opposite. Because sometimes like we, we wonder why our young boys are, they're not always trying to be like daddy or trying to be like the, the doctor or the lawyer or the teacher. You know, they're trying to be like what they see on television. But, but we think it's just because, oh, well, well, why did you want to be violent? They're not trying to be violent. What it is, is they see sometimes in these hip-hop artists, they see what we say you have to pray about. Cars, money, houses, success. 
they have what you're saying you should pray for. So in their eyes, that's the route that they want to go to achieve what they want to get, right? Now, we speak against that. We just push them into that. Now, visually, these successful men look violent. They look aggressive. They look sometimes like criminals. But the reality is all of them are. Now, some of them are, but all of them are not. We think sometimes that our young boys are trying to be violent or aggressive. No, they're trying to be successful. And that looks like the easier route to get to what they want. So now, instead of trying to be the teacher, I want to be Jay-Z. I want to be Nas. I want to be Lil Yachty. Right? I want to be Lil Wayne. Because they have what I want. And you're telling me to pray for it. They're sending a different message. And they have it. You, as my parent, don't have that. You might be successful. But you don't have that. So our boys are trying to be not violent. They're just trying to have what they have, not realizing that, well, they don't always have what you think they have. Sometimes these cars are leased. Sometimes these houses are rented. Sometimes the 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 um the um company wants them to appear like they have what they don't. Because if you just got signed. You're not rich yet, but it looks like you are. So when we have our young boys yielding to be that, and we said that's violent and aggressive, or even law enforcement says to look like that is that's a bad way to go. That they're, they're criminals, they're violent, they're aggressive. But we're trying to be that, it's not all the time that we are trying to be aggressive or violent. We just look sometimes like what we aren't. Now, when you have individuals who actually are violent in society that happen to look that way also, now it becomes hard to tell them apart. And I give the mic. Yeah. In, in, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, you knew who was the dangerous individual. You knew Ray Ray shot somebody. You knew... Pookie, the stick-up kid. You knew which individual to stay away from. But never have I ever thought that all Black men were dangerous. I never thought that all Black men were violent. All Black men, um, you know, had the propensity to, to rob or steal or kill. There were some individuals that you knew that they would. They fit the description. But what I think when we talk about debunking the myth that black men are dangerous, I think is a much bigger picture that have been drawn about black men in general that was not necessarily drawn by us as black men, but it's been portrayed out there in the world. And I think this started way before 2023, right before a police profiler. Um, this goes back into our history. Um, it, 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 we could... Uh, if we could even think back of years ago when we watched the TV, what what type of images, what type of pictures of Africa did we see? People seemed uncivilized, carrying around spears, uh, you know, chucking spears at each other, uh, th things of that nature. Um, when you when we if we move up some years into slavery, like. After after slavery was abolished or whatever, they could no longer they could no longer enslave us, so they had to figure out another way to get free labor out of us, and that was to incarcerate us, yeah. incarcerate black men. So they created all those Jim Crow laws that any little thing that you did will will lead to your incarceration. And, and once you incarcerated, then they're able to get that free label from you again. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, they had to create those Jim Crow laws so that the black men or the black free slaves look dangerous. So we can have a reason to lock y'all up. So we can't use y'all for free labor no more. But now, I mean, in, in that way, 
as slavery. But now if we paint the picture that you guys are dangerous, we can incarcerate you and still get free and free labor. So I think just throughout throughout centuries, like a picture have been painted um, about black men that that they that they're dangerous um, for a number of reasons. For for a number of reasons, and I think due to our history, that picture has followed has followed us to the point where it's also become a self fulfilling prophecy. Now, if, if you told that you're dangerous for so long, if you told that you're angry for so long, you know, if you if you told that you can't be trusted uh, with women, kids, with money or whatever, there's going to be some that's going that's going to live out what they told that they are. And that's definitely true in our community. We have a we we have some dangerous guys. We we have we have some guys that break the laws. But nowhere do I believe that's the majority of us. But I think media, um, slavery, television, all that stuff has done such a great job of painting a picture that black men are dangerous. That's that's our reputation around the world. So even if even if you have not come in contact with a black man in your life, I can guarantee you the the the, the first thought is probably this black man is dangerous. Yeah. And and that's bigger than what we've done in our, our neighborhoods. Um, mm-hmm. The black on black crime. None of that is right. Us killing each other. We, that, needs, that stuff needs to stop. But rarely do you see. Um, uh those guys going outside of the community in 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 causing crimes in other white communities, Indian community communities, Asian communities. But they but you know the 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 news, the TV will take those crimes, put it on your TV so that so those communities can see us in that way. And of course they'll believe that those guys are dangerous. So it's just a in my mind it's just a real there's a bigger power at hand that has created this myth that black men are dangerous. And we haven't helped it. We haven't helped this myth. We haven't tried to debunk. We, some of us has tried to debunk it, but then there's a lot of us that's just living out exactly what they um, are saying that we are. Uh, I live in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what the, the um, murder rate is right now, but I, I know we're breaking records and we've been breaking records all year. And that's young black kids killing each other. Yeah. Somebody what about that narrative, man? Yeah. It's so. that whole narrative thing. Like, from yeah. every conversation we've had today, it's a narrative. From, yeah. from, the, from the Carly to the to this to the Tupac, it's the narrative. It's the narrative that, that again, to your point, we have not done enough as a whole to break the narrative. And it's like, we have unintentionally i would say embrace the narrative because anytime you push a narrative or paint a narrative that something or someone had to be tamed then they're deemed to be dangerous but you tame animals wild animals right so we came over here to your point about slavery in their head having to be tamed right we took we took that narrative and started putting it on one another as, as time went on, when, when we got out of slavery, when we got even into Jim Crow, even to now, we have moments where the violence that was put on us, we now put it on each other, but the narrative is only about us. When black on black crime is no more a problem than white on white crime, because race on race is about, to your point, proximity. Right, but they but they only keep these negative statistics on black people, which further perpetuates something that is not true. Like, AB, you are a black father, mm-hmm. but America says <laughs> you don't exist. Black fathers ain't raising their kids, according mm-hmm. to America. Yep. Black fathers ain't in the home, according to America. But what they don't tell us, like, and I know that you know this, you know, being a psychology person, but if you don't know the, the science behind the statistics, 
they say, you know, black fathers aren't in the home, right? Which could be argued as, as violence. Because they say the absence of us creates violent children sometimes. Mm -hmm. but, but they don't tell us, okay, when they say fatherless children, do they, do they really mean fathers are not taking care of the children? No. What they mean is black fathers who ain't married. That's what they mean. It's the marital status of the parents that determines in their head a fatherless child. So technically, you could be in the house with your child, unmarried. But in this chart, your child, son or daughter, is a fatherless child according to their chart. Because they're trying to push a narrative that is not true. Now, when you continue to push these narratives that aren't true, right? Black men and black women believe this. Well, 88% of black people marry what? Other black people. Mm -hmm. Was that being true? And if we're dating each other, we already think the worst about each other before we even come together based upon what? Not who you are, the narrative attached to you. So what does that do now? It makes black men and black women now what? Aggressive to one another. You can have black men and black women who really are not violent individuals, right? But they become violent with each other in terms of the argument, the debate, because, you know, oh, A.B., you, you ain't taking care of your son or because you don't exist. Or you probably darling women out or, or James, you know, you, you ain't no good because, I mean, the statistics are saying this about y'all. Projection. Get projected. Come on. Yeah, you you project, project that narrative on each other. And it's crazy yeah. that as intelligent as all of us are, we don't realize that they brought us here in chains, right? Somewhere along the line, we painted those chains gold and put them around our own necks. With mass incarceration, we fell into another set of chains that are called bars. Mm -hmm. And we, we we know that that's out there, but half of us don't want to believe it's true. The other half use it as an excuse. Oh, the man did this. No, what did you do? <laughs> what are you doing to, to, to make your own self viable mm -hmm. in society? Are you taking off these narratives? Are you continuing to... To, to, to not be the man that you need to be, it's like we are afraid. We have a fear sometimes of, of, of stepping up and standing out and being, for those of us who are Christian, the man that God needs us to be. Yeah. Like there are a lot of, of good men who might not necessarily be godly men. Yeah. And there are some men who have a relationship with God who don't want to stand out as a godly man because you feel like the narrative is that's not who they select. The narrative is they select the more aggressive individual or the one who looks more aggressive yeah. and they won't choose me. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's definitely a mentality now um, or it's been a mentality for a long time that we need to break. Um, we're carrying that mentality around about ourselves, that we have to be aggressive, we have to be um, uh, violent, we have to be strong, we have to, you know, we, we have to protect ourselves, um, and, and that comes across as danger. Um, that's, the, that's, you know, that's one of the things we always talk about, um, even when we talk about our emotions, we always talk about how we know how to express anger. We don't not express any other emotions, but we not express that that anger. That can come across as being dangerous. Um, if everything that happens, you know, we, we resort to violence or yelling or screaming or or fighting or shooting. So um, yeah, so all, all those things, um, it just it pushes the narrative and it, it pushes the myth that that we're dangerous um, because we don't even take out the time to explore other parts of us. Um, we just believe like this is who we are, who we're supposed to be. And it's, it's sad because that's not even a story that we created by um, of ourselves. 
Yeah. It really is a story that was created about us and it was pushed so much, so much, and that we started to live out the um these characters that was that was created. Yeah. And here's the thing, y'all, because we started to live out these characters that they created for us, now they are creating these characters and putting them on national TV to more so enhance the or more so make what they are saying even more true about us. That's how you see the Stevie J's on TV because of the simple fact of they're trying to keep that myth going across. You see the Peter Guns going through on TV because they are trying to keep that myth of the black man going across. Until we step up and take a stand and have conversations like this and so that, you know what, that isn't what we really are all about. We are still godly men. We are more than what these statistics are showing. Then they're going to keep on showing, but they want to show on TV because we're not being accountable and taking a stand for what's right. Mm -hmm. And further perpetuating this inability to think critically because to your point about the Stevie J's or the Peter Guns, you know, those, that kind of man Mm -hmm. is the one that is being uh, the draw. Now, we can sit here and say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Because if the narrative is good men are hard to find, then I would no longer judge men by their character. It's their currency that will draw me now. That is why you have some women who will settle for a man that can take care of them solely, financially. But his character is horrible because you told yourself there are no men of substance because again, what you believe will become your reality. That's all that you will see now. Mm-hmm. That's all that you believe exists. Yeah. So when a good man comes across your radar, it doesn't even go off because you have become immune to it and, and you're known to it rather and you don't see it because you told yourself it doesn't exist so you go for the one who might go upside your head because he got some piece of money not realizing that <clears throat> most women that i know have one or two great guy friends that are single that they always get the best advice from. And they tell that brother or those brothers that good men don't exist, but you're standing in front of one. Wow. So you really are blind. Yeah. It was one of the most simplest interventions that we use in therapy. We do it with kids. Positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. The, the behavior that we want to see more of we we validate it, we we reward it, we give it attention, and that behavior is going to increase. So it's exactly what you guys are saying. The behaviors that 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 we see in these guys that we call dangerous or the bad guy, or you know, or the, the dangerous dude, when it comes to relationships, those behaviors are positive reinforced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's why they, we see it more. Those are the people that that you know they find attractive. Those are people that they gravitate to, and all of that attention, that gravitation towards it is just positive reinforcement. That's why you're gonna keep seeing more of it. In order to in order to stop it, you, you're gonna have to give some negative reinforcement. Mm-hmm. You're, gonna, you're gonna have to, to stop giving it attention, stop validating it, stop rewarding it, and then it's gonna die down. If you start um you know rewarding. The guys that that you're referring to, uh, Pastor Gregory, the guys that give a good advice, the guys that's respectful, um, you know, the guys that listen, the the guys that that carry themselves with honor and te- integrity, mm-hmm. you, you're gonna start seeing more guys like that. Mm-hmm. This is a simple intervention we use with little kids. We reward the behaviors that we want, and we starve the the behaviors that we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true, y'all. It is uh it's been another great episode tonight. And uh we're gonna close it out with a little something like this. We're gonna let the 
but let's give some closing thoughts and then uh, we'll come back here shortly. All right, just um, I'll just close out by saying kind of similar to what I was just saying, really. Like if if we want more positive brothers, um, first of all, we need to continue to have conversations like this. But um, it can't stay on the internet. We have to go out and reach other brothers. We have to reach young young men. We have to be more of an or an example. Um, we are a very quiet minority. Um, that that we don't really don't really speak out as much as you know the negativity that we see. The negativity got a lot of help. They got social media. They got the regular media. They got word of mouth. Everybody is going to spread the word about the dangerous guy, the uh, un, the, the 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 myth that we're talking about. So somehow we have to become more loud and spread this positivity. And um, that's the only way we're going to be going to see some change. But um, we live in a world where all the negativity kind of sells. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no money in in too much positive stuff. So uh, it's it's a, it's a hill to climb up. But um, we can't give up, and we got to keep pushing, and we got to keep trying to reach other brothers as well. You know, I would just tell uh, any black man that's watching. You know. One of the things that we tell people is always be yourself. I don't tell people that because sometimes you have to be less of who you are to be all that God desires you to be. And my thing is, don't don't be afraid to answer the call that God has on your life. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about the call to manhood. You know, even if you feel like you don't know. Um, truly what it means to be a man don't be afraid to ask the question to someone that you hold in high regard uh because you know first thessalonians 5 talks about avoiding the appearance of evil and and sometimes we allow ourselves to look like what we are not or we sometimes behave in a manner that sends a condescending message that we're not trying to send but it's all because we've picked up some bad habits that cause us to be viewed the wrong way. We have to stop being afraid to step outside the box, step outside of our circle, and and to be an individual. Because sometimes to stand alone is the first step in you proving your manhood. You know, it is not about having to uh, look a certain way because you can be just as much a man in a t-shirt as you can in a suit. So it's not about what you wear, it's about what you wear in terms of your character, your integrity. You know, um, if, if you happen to have children, don't allow anything, anyone, any system to tell you that you cannot see your children. Don't fall into the the um, conversation of, I don't want to go the route of the courts. I don't want to know. Take care of your children. The Bible says if the man don't take care of his home, worse than the infidel. You know, and regard don't don't let this world tell you that being a gentleman is, is boring. No, being a gentleman is the right thing to do. And it, and it will draw the right things to you. And I don't just mean in regard to a lady. I mean things, period. Because when you are a gentleman, when you know how to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, yes, sir, and no, sir, when you have good manners, manners make the man. You know, my thing is be a man of integrity. I know the Bible says, uh, who can find a virtuous woman? But the Bible also says who can find a faithful man. That's Proverbs 20 and 6. Who can find a faithful man? You know, be faithful over the things that God has uh, you to be old. Be faithful in your community. Be faithful in your job. Be faithful in your house. You know, be reliable. The most important thing a man can have is to be reliable. Be reliable. Be counted on and be accountable um, to your own life. You know, and know this. God loves you, and I do too. Uh, for me, in closing, the main thing that we got to remember as we're going through our life is to not be afraid to stand out. We are not called to be like the world. 
but we are called to be a light unto the world. So how are we going to be a light unto the world if the world is seeing more of them in us mm -hmm. instead of more of God in us? Mm -hmm. So my encouragement to you on tonight is to be more like Christ. Stand out. Do not be afraid to let this world know who you are serving. Do not be afraid to let this world know that being a gentleman, as I already been stated, is not boring. Let this world know that you're going to stand for something and you're not going to fall for anything. So we appreciate you all watching us tonight. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Tune in next week. We have the first merger episode with uh, our brothers, Brother A.B. Bracewell and Pastor Gregory Devine and two of the sisters of the Godly View. So we got that major episode coming on next week. And then after that, we're going to take a month off to relax and refocus and make sure that we bring y'all another powerful episode, another powerful season. So love y'all. Be blessed and be a blessing too. Someone else, see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>